0: Now, listening to the 100% Elite podcast. Welcome to 100% Elite. I am your host, Jeff Fingler, and this is episode 52. It's the end of season one, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, It's been a, a great year for this podcast, but introducing Mr. Zach. Preston, a.k.a. Freshly Squeezed Orange Zackety. What's up, buddy? Hello, Jeffrey. Hello, ladies and gentlemen.
1: It's your boy, Freshly Squeezed Orange Zackety. It's been a couple weeks, man. I've missed you.
0: Yeah, you too, man. Uh, we had a, uh, an amazing jam-packed week of AEW content this week. So, uh, I said this week twice. But, <laughs> before we get into any of that stuff, let's get right into some news um so I, I just have a couple things obviously we all have heard by now the big news sting is all elite uh, he has you know signed a long-term uh contract i'm i'm thinking probably like three years something like that um and then MJF uh came out and talked about his five year contract. So he is gonna be with them for as long as they are gonna be on uh TV <laughs> for right now. Um and then just a couple of podcast news. Uh so QT Marshall's on Talk is Jericho. It was a really good podcast. You get a lot of his backstory and a lot of what he does in AEW uh, that makes him great. Uh, Nice, nice little backstory for him for sure. So check that one out. And then Wardlow was on this week's uh, AEW Unrestricted. He is a uh, he's a different breed of person. He he's trained with Kurt Angle. Uh, he's had the WWE tell him no. So the AEW definitely was the place for Wardlow to go. I can't wait for him to break out and have his own own run, especially uh, with. Uh, some news that we'll get to lately. Do you have anything for the people, Mr. Zach?
1: Yeah, a couple pieces. Uh, First one, uh, the report is that MLW has signed Scott Hall's son. So, um, you know, some more legacy wrestlers uh, ending up over at MLW. Of course, Brian Pillman Jr. over there. I think Davey Boy Smith Jr. over there as well. Um, So they really like their legacy talent over there. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. You know, typically wrestling blood that runs in the family, usually the offspring have been pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've seen that um, in a lot of instances, uh, especially uh, currently. So um, and then, of course, the big news we were talking about before we came on air, the the passing of a legend, Pat Patterson. Um, Pat Patterson obviously is a guy who most people who are fans of wrestling know um, he's been instrumental in the growth of the sport or the activity or whatever you want to call it. you know, over uh, you know, throughout decades. Um, so obviously, the uh, business losing an icon, a really sad thing. Um, it's a, it's you know, obviously uh, he didn't ever spend any time with AEW. This is an AEW heavy show, but uh, we just you know got to acknowledge the legends in the business.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, definitely, really sad about that. Uh, Seventy nine. I also want to give another shout out. Um, never mind. I forgot his name, so it doesn't matter. This week's episode of Dark <laughs> was two hours, sixteen minutes, and forty nine seconds long. Episode sixty four, so that's covering twelve one twenty episode of Dark. Uh, let's let's run through this g- giant fucking thing. It took me forever last week. Uh, it was KTB versus Sean Spears, uh, Scorpio Sky coming out, giving a little distraction. I thought this feud was over with they're uh they're continuing this shit for sure um stiff shots from spear to this ktb guy man uh and it, trying to send a message uh, hitting that sharpshooter or the scorpion deathlock uh for the win uh you know sky hits that uh he, he he comes in and hits ktb with that uh tko man i did, i didn't understand what he was doing there but whatever um Nice little spot here. You got anything on this match?
1: No, that uh, it was really interesting. That was a really big heel move, I guess, if you will, to to use an uh, industry term there. For Scorpio Sky, I mean, that just seemed relatively unnecessary. Um, I thought the big moment, though, you touched on it was that Scorpion Deathlock that uh, Sean Spears used to kind of try to get in the head of Scorpio Sky. Um, I'm happy this feud is still going. It kind of has gone... You know, he, he slugged him and Again, that the ending that we saw earlier seemed more of a whimper rather than a bang, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I, I, I didn't understand uh, that whole thing, like, whatsoever. But it, it, I don't even think it was a heel term. I think it was more like a... Um, what, uh, he, like Is a, he going to
1: be that guy that toes the line, you think?
0: No, I'm thinking it's going to be... I think it was just more of a you know, I can be as dastardly as you just watch out. Yeah. Um
1: Well, it was a, it was a good, it was a, a nice way to start off. We both love Sean Spears. Um, I just want to see him put together. He hasn't quite put together like a masterclass match with anybody. Obviously it's not going to do it with a jobber on dark, but uh, I do want to see more out of him on dynamite. But uh, we move on to absolute, ricky starks taking on what is his name damian fen fenrir is that how you pronounce it fenver
0: yeah from, um, from.
1: yeah this john every john Everyman, if you will um oh, yeah man. this this, <laughs> this match was all about ricky Starks. so this um fenrir guy he didn't really get too much offense and it was i think he blew more kisses to the camera than he got offense in in this match but uh yeah anyway this match was uh all ricky starks you know He hits the Rochambeau for the win. It wasn't much of a match here, Um, but, uh, yeah, that was pretty much all I had on this one. Do you have anything else?
0: Nope, Rochambeau, man, hitting uh, the same move that he's been hitting on all of these dark matches. It doesn't make sense. What are they doing? I would put Mm -hmm. him with more credible people, put him against Michael Nakazawa, for God's sake, just somebody who where it's not just padding a record. He's he's getting a win over another AEW uh, person. Put him in, put him in matches with any other singles competitors. Put him in matches with Kits, Kip Sabian. Something. Don't just keep yeah. feeding them jobbers over and over and over again. And I don't like using that term, but this was especially it. Yeah. But to to make a little quick callback, um, I blanked on his name who I was going to get a shout out to, but David Prowse, uh, the actor behind Darth Vader, died at uh, age yes. eighty five. Uh, due to covid man so taking one of the greats uh, with him um, the man behind the mask if you will uh, I know James Earl jones did the voice but uh, just had to give a little shout out to uh big Star wars legend there I'm a big star wars guy so um then we moved on to Danny limelight versus brandon Cutler uh, dude I gotta tell you I watched this match uh like pretty closely man' it, it, it's just the growth from Brandon Cutler is outstanding. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed all of his recent matches. They're so good. This one told a really great story. Uh, he was attacking um, a body part. Danny Limelight was picking him apart. Uh, but there was this sit-out facebuster that Brandon Cutler did was super dope. Uh, the armbar counter into a into a power bomb where he's just picking him up because this Danny Limelight dude is picking at Brandon Cutler's arm. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was it was pretty fucking cool. A real great story, um, and the TPK for the win. Uh, he does he does this that. It's like a springboard forearm or uh, an elbow or a punch or the palm strike or whatever the fuck it is because it seems like they give it a different name every other week, but it looks so clean. It looks uh, it looks AJ style-esque with his phenomenal forearm. He gets a lot of height. He really cocks back and puts in puts in the work. So a uh, big shout-out to Brandon Cutler. Definitely uh, shining a lot brighter lately, and he – he can carry a match with these enhancement guys. He doesn't need of uh, you know, a veteran in the ring to carry him. Uh so this was a great match for for me. What did you have on it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you hit a lot of the really good notes. You can tell Brandon Cutler is feeling himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously built up a lot of a, lo- a lot of um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. He built uh but anyway, he he's really feeling himself. Like I'm saying, you know that the whole storyline with Peter Avalon like would build confidence in anybody. You know, they're really giving him time to do his thing. Like it really went over as a good storyline. And you know, why not feel yourself after that? You know, he's he's grown a lot in the ring. He's grown a lot as a character, um, and he looked good in this match, like you said. Uh, though I, you got to do, you do have to give it the Danny Limelight. This guy was awesome. That uh, like Topé Suicida re- reversal into that armbar was awesome mm-hmm. like i've never seen anything like that like so i think that just happened right before the end anyhow but uh you like you said there's really good uh in-ring psychology picking apart the arm there um that was another good example of that but uh overall really really strong match um after that did you want to talk about the young bucks memoir i know you're such a big young bucks fan
0: <laughs> oh their book uh, i had it here last week um i'm getting through it it's uh i got a signed copy of it it's pretty cool um the the front pages like the in between has all their like moves how to do their moves all their stuff like that so i'll be doing uh hopefully a bonus podcast on the book uh, at some point i just have to get through it there's a lot of time that i have to try to find for all these things uh as we speak my wife uh is uh couple days away from having our baby number two so it'll be uh it'll be busy jeff for sure um but no we don't we don't need to talk about these many placed book segments or the chris jericho a little bit of the bubbly that's been it plays like four times during this fucking match right uh just go into this peter avalon match
1: yeah yeah so of course um In true poetic fashion, following the Brandon Cutler match is going to be Peter Avalon versus John Cruz. Um, This was another match, man. I think pretty Peter Avalon is feeling himself as well. Like, his development has been, like, substantial and, like, noticeable. He looked good in the ring here. Um, You know, not I don't think quite as good as Brandon Cutler. I don't think there was, you know, any of those moments. I don't think the match was quite as good as the previous match. Um, You know, just kind of some standard back standard back and forth stuff but of course peter avalon picking up the win his second one in a row um so you would think that you know these guys lose a bunch together and eventually they face each other to find out who the ultimate loser is you would think that now both of them are going to go on a win streak and eventually face each other um (laughs) you know later on in their win streak but uh again not quite as exciting as the cutler match do you have anything special on this one
0: nope martinis for the win that's about it yeah. that's su- the yeah. same surprise look and his music sounds like uh, like a clown at first and then it goes like bah, 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 bah. and then it goes into that like trying to seduce you music <laughs> that's pretty funny uh, this next match was Shauna the big return of Shauna man the the she's French right Wee oui, wee. Oui. Oh, okay. <laughs> Versus uh, Tesha Price. I like the look of this Tesha Price girl. I mean, I I miss Shauna. Obviously, you could tell there's some ring rust on this girl for sure. Uh, but the the match wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't, um, it wasn't as bad as some of the women's matches that we've seen lately, for sure. But uh, I definitely missed her. I can't wait for her to get back in full speed. Uh, but I think the match wasn't so bad from Shauna's point because there was that uh, running drop kick that she likes to do. And you could see Tesha Price like literally just move like completely way back before she even hits the drop kick. Like she mm-hmm. was like, I don't want to die. <laughs> don't don't kick me really hard. But uh, definitely botched that drop kick a little bit from uh, Tesha's standpoint. I mean, I like her look and stuff like that, but she kind of looks like every other every other girl that size uh the gear. Maybe it's the gear that makes her look nice, but uh double underhook uh tiger driver for the win. Shauna picking up wins already. Yeah. Yeah, she yeah. And she speaking
1: of those, she I thought that stunner looked a little wonky too before mm-hmm. that tiger driver suplex. So um not much else in this match they obviously very much value shauna um you know come having the comeback being obviously the face you know trying to shake hands at the beginning of the match and stuff um and coming out and getting the win obviously they're trying to build her back up um, which is good to see um so essentially from there did uh you want to
0: touch on scorpio sky uh yeah i mean he basically just uh got the news from what alex morvez that scorpio or that uh, Sean Spears isn't giving him a rematch And he gets pissed off mm-hmm. and walks away uh, We'll we'll find out what What he does a little bit later But uh, yeah I mean cont- Continuing the storyline At least is nice but I, I just don't know like do we care Do we care uh, Sean Spears and Scorpio Sky Thing right now because we barely no. See anything on Dynamite So it's only like right. true fans of this Are actually going to see this
1: and, and it doesn't seem super heated either. Like, it, it seems like it's never gotten out of, like, the smoldering phase
0: of a fire. You know what I'm saying? Dude, it almost seems like he's recruiting him. That's what it, like, I don't understand. When he's, like, he gives him these speeches, like, you want to win? You got to get down on my level. Or, you know, you got to do the things like I do. And he's got, you know, Tully Blanchard with him. Well, I mean, what's to say that they don't, the fourth member of this uh, horseman gimmick is Scorpio Sky because we know he can cut a promo. He did it on Chris Jericho so they can make him. the. It, it, it would seem weird that they would break him out of a group to put him in another group, I think.
1: But uh, I, I mean, that's just that's my opinion. But we don't let's not get in the weeds here. Let's, uh we can get into Scorp- <laughs> some Scorpio Sky Sean Spears later. Like I know we will. So oh, yeah. uh, from there, we, we moved into Catalina Perez versus your girl, Kylan King. Um, not much to this match <laughs> that's absolutely not much to this match but uh they're giving kylan king a chance here uh, picking up the win over catalina perez i mean this was pretty much all all kylan king mm-hmm. uh, i think she's calling her finisher the kingdom now um the kingdom picking, falls picking up kingdom falls yeah that's what it's called. gotcha gotcha so anyway hitting kingdom falls for the win here she pretty much dominated this match, and this is all about her. Again, I know that makes you happy as you drink your Code Red.
0: Oh, yeah. The drink of champions. <laughs> um,
1: hey, with, with our redhead Kylan King, how fitting, right?
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, I I just like that she has that – she's different. She's different from everybody. She's real tall. Uh, she definitely stepped up her gear game from when we first saw her. Uh, she's got a presence when she comes into the ring. She's got a lot of personality uh, she posts a lot on Twitter, uh, a lot of little backstage stuff. But she she talks in between all the the people. She's trying. A lot of these girls come on there and they do their half-assed match because they're not looking. F- it's like they're, it's like they are like, uh, oh well, I'm you know I look good enough. They should just pick me. I'm not going to go out there and kill myself. It's not on dynamite. No, this is their opportunity right here is dark. And Kylan King is taking advantage of that. And she's slowly, but surely working her way in just like Will Hobbs did. Um, Will Hobbs was on busted open radio. Uh, I think today, yesterday. And he talked about basically they called him up and said, yeah, I mean, would you want to come in and, and do a dark match? And he's like, fuck yeah. And he drove from California to uh, Jacksonville on a maybe job. And you know what his first match was? Getting punched in the face by Orange Cassidy. 13 seconds. So it wasn't a guaranteed thing for him. You know what he did? He put his nose to the grindstone and he worked his ass off and he kept coming back. And now he's got a fucking contract.
1: Yo, dude, I was going to wait until he we went in dynamite, but I I haven't got to record with you since then, but I'm going to take my victory lap on Will Hobbs um saw that team coming taz.
0: From.
1: <laughs> hey man i i told you it was coming i texted you as it was happening and i was just like holy shit i fucking told you oh, um man. i was hoping I for the, recu-
0: i was hoping for the skeleton cobs you know that i half know Darby I, I know you were but i just saw <laughs> i saw the happen. team
1: Taz thing coming from a mile away because i was like you know what team taz has like done the same shtick like three feuds in a row like mm-hmm. something different has to happen so um I was really happy. I was texting you. I was talking shit about that. But uh, I'll just go ahead and take my victory lap now instead of uh, <laughs> later on in the show. Go on. Yeah, you you earned it for sure. Here I'm running. I'm running. Here I'm running.
0: <laughs> Why don't you tell us about this Best Friends match? Uh, best Friends versus Adam Priest and Sean Maluto? Ma- Mal- no, that's a different guy. Maluda. That's his name uh half and half soul food connection two pile drivers for the win it was pretty much a uh wasn't exactly a sprint it was a little bit longer than that but uh best friends man i i have grown more to like them since the beginning of dynamite when everybody kept shitting on them and was like well, what is this team break them apart or you know trent's the only star dude chucky E.T is a fucking workhorse, man. He might not have like the chiseled shit look or, uh, you know, things like that, but he, he puts in work in that ring and he gets shit done, man. So, I I really liked the ending to this, the, the, the intense, uh, I mean, two fucking pile drivers on this guy. (laughs) Aren't they like banned in the WWE? (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, nice nice little ending do you have anything on this
1: no and you know i'm glad you were singing best friends praises because the only thing i was really going to say about this match because it was essentially a glorified sprint um was that best friends are a real fucking tag team dude like Mm -hmm. you guys are a good tag team i mean i mean they just really work well together um so uh that's all i had to say about
0: that i i disagree with your sentiments (laughs) Go you you, so. you can start this next match because I'm about to shit all over it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what this reminds me of, um, and 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 you're not a WWE guy, but this reminds me of like this match reminded me of any time like Lana, who is Miro's real life wife, uh, who wrestles over in WWE. This reminds me of any time she gets in the ring. This is Leva Bates uh, versus Alex Gracia, um, and this match was. I think even on dark too big of a moment for either of these two, neither of them really looked ready for this match. Um, it was kind of sloppy. Um, there had to be a winner. Leva Bates got the winner on a half like a weird, like half Nelson pin. Um, yeah, it it was kind, the I it, yeah. It was a weird, like pin a reversal attempt that looked weird into like a pinning thing that happened. So in any case, the interesting thing of the night is Peter Avalon, uh, Brandon Cutler and Leva Bates all pick up victories tonight. So, um, if anything, for the feud, they all seem to have benefited, but this match was kind of disjointed uh, through and through.
0: Yeah, it was a fucking piece of shit, man. I, I I covered this last week that Leva Bates does this, like, half speed. Like, it's almost like she's slower than Orange Cassidy when he's doing his right, right, right. It doesn't make sense. All of her shit doesn't look like it's hitting. Not, I mean... I don't know why they, like, when they record this shit, do they go, oh, yeah, this, I mean, do they watch it? Or do they just go, oh, yeah, this match, put it on the fucking show. They have to watch this shit and go, this is what they put out there? This is what they want people to see? Uh, Okay, I guess I'll put it up there, but it's going to make you look fucking stupid. Because it wasn't good. It wasn't good. It It wasn't fair. It wasn't there. It was shit. It was a horrible fucking match. This made them both look really fucking stupid. That the Pink Dream, Alex Garcia, she had a great match last week. Leva Bates, it was her. It wasn't this other girl. It wasn't disjointed cuz anybody else. Leva Bates doesn't wrestle anymore. We we barely get to see her and it maybe it's better that way. Maybe it's better that she doesn't wrestle on the card. Give somebody else a fucking chance. Um Anyways, let's get to this next one: Angel Fashion VSK in uh, Sean. God, my handwriting's horrible. What is his last name? Sean something. Donovan. Donovan. Okay. Versus the ask of've uh, gun club, um, mm-hmm. and at least Austin Dun- Gun got the quick draw for the win. That quick draw is a sweet move, but yeah. I, I mean, do we really want to see this trio like get get wins like this and be on dark every single week? I mean, I like Austin Gunn, Billy. I think I think Austin should have been a single star and had Billy Gunn just be his uh, his man, you know, like his Arn Anderson manager esque, but he's able to take bumps and get in the ring and do shit and actually be, you know, uh, he can talk. We all know Billy Gunn can cut promos, so. I mean, he ha- he's not always the best, but he can at least be. Yeah, <laughs> he could he's be... an ass man. Exactly.
1: Do you have anything what on this? That? No, no. I do like to see Austin Gunn getting the win here, though. Um, picking up that quick draw, or picking it up with that quick draw. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just happy it's not Billy Gunn getting the win. <laughs> That's <laughs> all. I think maybe he is better <laughs> served in a managerial role, but I, I. I just wonder if it's at AEW's insistence or his insistence that like he still wrestles. What do you think? Well, I know he's Or do you think he just wants to wrestle with the
0: sons? He that, might that's just, all that it just is. might be it. Yeah, he just wants to have one run with his kids. I guarantee that's what it is. Because before that he didn't really care to wrestle. He would just be the hey, you can throw on some tights and be in the battle royale. Uh which he wasn't in this one this week, so that was nice. Um, next match was Aaron Solo versus Matt Seidel. This was a killer. I like this match, man. They really th- threw a lot of shit out there. Uh, that swinging backdrop that he's doing to people, it's almost like a brain buster sort of thing. It's fucking gnarly. You, did you see the fucking finisher on this, this thing? Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It was nuts. Matt Seidel yeah. is a fucking... <laughs> the aftershock is what they're calling it. Oh, that's what it is. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, oh. and he reverse that Cobra clutch. Do you remember?
0: Yeah, he's a nut pack, like, dude. Yeah,
1: he. Look, that was one of his better showings, for real. Like mm-hmm. it really was. I mean, it's a. It wasn't a. You know, a
0: little bit longer than a sprint, as you like to say. But uh, <laughs> he still got. A, he looked great. He did. Yeah, I definitely like uh, Matt Seidel. Hopefully, he can hit that shooting star press he's known for. Still waiting on something like that from him um but after this we had uh the dark order original uh you know evil uno Stu grayson the only two dark order members in in my opinion (laughs) versus fuego del sol and uh baron black so that's an interesting team yeah the flaming hot cheeto bag and fucking (laughs) (laughs) and, and baron black um dark order getting the that to that spin out flatliner that evil uno hit was fucking dope uh I, I i like that that looked fucking sick to me i re- i really like that for the win here at evil uno picking up uh
1: oh you're talking about that sto that like little reverse sto it's yeah.
0: like dude he he spun him out into uh it's awesome yeah it's fucking cool yeah yeah i
1: love Eviluno. and like i said
0: he looks felt he looks a
1: lot more in shape than when he first came in i don't know if he like worked on that during covid a lot of guys feel like they got shredded during
0: covid oh yeah um, that's all they could do he maybe yeah you see maybe he's, yeah, he's, he's, t- maybe he's working ahead. out with uh with uh little uh john silver and Preston Vance <laughs> yeah the dark order workout club the dark mm-hmm. order gym man <laughs>
1: Hey, Dark Order might be growing. You never know.
0: They're 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 definitely actively recruiting. Always. Maybe it's me. Oh God, no! Too many fucking people. This is the NWO oh, 2.0. <laughs> it is. It is a little farcical at times. I will give you that. But uh,
1: I I do like that they're going for it. John Silver is a fucking nutbag. I love that dude.
0: He's so yeah, funny. He's- I think he needs to he him and, and Reynolds need to get away from the Dark Order. The the whole and just be funny, the Beaver Boys, man. Yeah, the whole funny person gimmick shit is just bringing their whole mystique. Like they've ruined that whole the whole thing. In my opinion, like why you're not nobody in the roster should be scared of the Dark Order. In my opinion, not right now. There's nothing to be scared about. It's a fucking funny ha ha ha. ha. They call they're calling John Silver the Meat Man. It doesn't really sound like something I'm scared of. Uh, You know, whatever. Um, Ryzen and Cesar Bononi uh, versus uh, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. The Varsity Blondes. Look at that. Varsity. The newly, newly, newly uh, dubbed Varsity Blondes, I guess. Yeah, instead of the Hollywood Blondes. So it's a nice little take on that. I I like that they gave them... Uh, you know an actual tag team name so maybe these wins will uh you know make uh make a dynamite uh, debut and and get a win on dynamite versus an actual team uh, may, or maybe go against somebody like the acclaimed and actually uh you know have a big match on dynamite something like that i'd like to see them in a feud because uh, even though you're talking about mlw Signing people, are they having televised show on TNT? I don't think so. No. Uh, so how long is Brian Pillman Jr.'s contract with MLW?
1: I don't know the particulars on it. I would like to know it.
0: Yeah, because um, he needs to get the fuck out of there. He's a, He could be a star over here. He could really shine. Uh, I know Tony Khan talked about their fucking roster being a little big right now. Uh, And that basically he's not going to fire anybody until COVID's like done, which I don't see that happening for a while. So he's just going to pay people for no reason until COVID's done. I understand he's trying to be nice, but he also kind of lied when he said that. I forget exactly where the interview was, but he let go of Sadie Gibbs. He let go of B. Priestley. Uh, You know, Jimmy Havoc was a different story, but those two girls let them go and just blamed it on the pandemic like basically you can't come here anymore sorry but they got pock there they got shauna there they got you know the lucha bros down from mexico they got all these people to be able to come in uh i don't know
1: look the, like the top end of their roster is like super heavy like they've got some like legitimate stars that can like make this brand the best and 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 does make this brand the best wrestling brand on the face of the earth mm-hmm. um but they've got a lot of wrestlers in the bottom portion of the, of the uh, roster as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of new sunny time. I'm, I'm hoping this new show is not like a dark. I hope dark stays what it is. Just cut it down a little bit, please for the love of God. Um, but yeah, I hope the new show is, is like a dynamite esque sort of thing to where, all these talent i mean there's a lot of fucking people i know it's going to be on hbo max we at least know the destination maybe he can start shipping some of these people over to access tv on this impact uh partnership i don't know if it even is a partnership we'll get into that once we get to the end of the show but uh what were we on we were on this uh this fucking brian pillman jr match weren't we going off on a tangent that's for sure uh (laughs) the tangent yeah flipping neck breaker uh spine buster combo for the win nice little double team move here uh really like griff garrison he he's i think he's great man um but yeah what you got on this match i do too i mean not much to this
1: match dude brian pillman jr man you can tell like that guy if if you put him in the ring with kenny omega it's going to be a phenomenal match you know what i'm saying like the kid's so green and like he, yet he has so much potential and so much ability. And it's very easy to see. And it's like, he's at the level where it's like, okay, we need to start pairing him with guys who are like ring fucking generals. Um, He just, he's really just doing this tag match thing. And like, you know, maybe it's paying his dues. Like he says, he really, really wants to, I'm glad they're picking up wins here, but I think just pairing him in singles matches with guys that are like, you know, way more, more experienced than like, Better, you know. Hell, put him against C D in the singles match. C D has been putting on tons of great matches with people, you know. He's one of those guys that's like meant to elevate young stars. Um, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but uh I would just like to see a little bit more of that. I think uh Brian Pillman Jr. is just a star waiting to happen. So Jeff. I'm really excited for you to listen to that. I see that you were gone when I was talking there. You have no idea what I said. So you'll find out in post-production when you're editing this thing down. It's great. Um, oh, man. So uh, from there, we actually moved on to another women's match. We need to put more women's matches on Dynamite. This is, I think, the third women's match of Dark. I'm really glad the ladies are getting a chance to shine. This was Eva Leese versus Lindsay Snow. Um, it This sucks because Lindsay Snow, like... By appearance alone and, like, honestly, by in-ring acumen, like, she does, it feels like she could be a fixture that could, like, make some noise in the women's division in AEW. You know, she's experienced. She's been on the independent scene for a long time. She's got a decent following. And she's actually really good in the ring. Um, and she looks like a beast. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, yeah. You know, whether it be the dreads or the tattoos or whatever, like, that's all part of the aura. So, I mean it's definitely working for her. I like her. Um this match was all lease which I really really was disappointed to see that it was all lease pretty much. <laughs> um she hits the recoil for the win here, but uh I love Lindsay Snow. I mean she hits this like huge big boot in the beginning of this match. It's like damn, like she's a powerhouse. So I hope they give her some more love in the future. Do you have anything on this match?
0: The kicking and punching back and forth was pretty fucking dope between the two of them. You could tell some of them shots were stiff. Uh, I this think was Ivalice... Real,
1: real quick, real quick. I, I want to hear what you have to say, but this was the
0: stiffest fucking week of AEW content I've ever seen. Oh yeah, by there, far. There was a lot of stiff matches. I oh think my people God. Are, try, are really... I don't think they're trying to stiff people. I think they're trying to give, get, put it all out there finally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's realizing shit. People are getting contracts. Why am I not getting a contract? Um, yeah. I really like Lindsay Snow. I look. I think she looks great. I think she should switch her gear to a more winter themed thing, and uh, run a tag team with Lady Frost. Man, I uh, posted like, that on Twitter. That
1: more like Khaleesi like, or what
0: do you mean? No, like uh, so. Lady Frost has the like. She has this the the snow gimmick. Like she has the the cloak right and she's got more stuff that she's gonna debut soon uh but i i tagged them both i said uh i said AEW uh lindsey snow and lady frost could be a cold-blooded tag team uh and then i put you know snow frost they got a, a nice wintery tag team thing going. I think it would be great to actually have solidified tag teams in the women's division going against Ivelisse and Diamante and Brandy and Red Velvet and Jaded Cargill and maybe Nyla Rose. I think that's kind of a thing now. Mm-hmm. But to finally – and, oh, Tay Conti and uh, Anna J. So there's actually tag teams that we can see forming. There's no belts yet, which – don't know if those are actually gonna be coming anytime soon, but it would be nice to start actually getting one of those things going, or maybe another fucking tag team tournament to where we can get some more, some more limelight on these women's, uh, you know, all these, these competitors, man. That's what they, they are, and I know they don't have a lot of time on Dynamite, and there's a lot of stories and a lot of big names pitching stories, um, and it, it also, you know, throws up the question of. All these guys are coming to them with storylines. Like a lot of the talent is, has to book their own. Like this is their, you tell your own story and whatever you come up with, we're going to put on TV. But if you come up to me with nothing, I'm going to go, okay, man, I guess you're working a dark match. That's basically kind of what they, you, you know, a lot of the people in the back, the background have talked about. Basically, they'll let your character play out the way you want them portrayed. So I, are the women just not coming up with things or are they just genuinely getting put on the back burner or saying, look, I'm not ready for this yet? Or, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't make sense, but there is only so much time in a show that they can give. So maybe putting maybe putting on YouTube a Thursday night, ladies night or something like that, and putting all women's matches up every single week would be something that they could look at look into and start a youtube channel just on that or put it on twitch put it you know maybe with this thing with impact they can they can do something like that because even impacts women's division the knockouts division is fucking stacked full of great competitors uh and they get plenty of time and they wrestle the fucking dudes so yeah lady frost red Velvet. uh no, I skipped ahead. <laughs> the next match was the Acclaim. Yeah,
1: as I'd say, yeah, you're uh you missed the Acclaim, but yeah. uh you were like you went through this weird like East you were talking about the East match um with Lindsay Snow, but like you didn't
0: even really talk about the match, you just went off on Lindsay Snow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just think she's there. great, man. I really think that she has something yeah. special well i mean you you covered all the great stuff on there but yeah, that, that yeah 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 roll up but kick uh, in the face don't forget about the, the
1: acclaimed because the acclaimed <laughs> as we'll find out later is big things
0: oh yeah uh the acclaimed versus uh bobby wayward and george south jr uh claim to fame for the win man i love the name to that max caster with that big elbow drop off the off the turnbuckle there um I think this shit works, man. Some people don't like the fucking rapper gimmick. I think he does it better than John Cena has. Uh, there's a couple other people that used to rap when they came to the ring. Um, I like it. I think it's cool. Max Caster's got a different look to him. They're they're dickish about it. Uh, you know, the five-tool player. Uh, is He's got a nice moveset. They both look good, you know. And they put the shit out there, man. They have good tag team moves. They work like a tag team. They split the ring in half. They do a lot of good shit. So uh, this match was all right. Uh, I definitely like that he uses a lot of old school moves. Um, So what do you have on this?
1: Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit the nose. I mean, this match was pretty much all about the acclaim. It was a nice tag team match, but like, Honestly, I've never heard of these this Bobby Wayward and George South Jr. guy before. I figured this was all about the acclaim. I mean, the AEW has, has gone out of the way, it seems, to like make a big deal out of these guys. And uh, you know, this isn't the last we're gonna hear from them this week, which is really refreshing. Um and rather unexpected, but uh, good showing from these guys. I think uh I, I, I think they're getting the hype that they deserve, honestly. I don't I don't know if you feel that they deserve it, but I definitely do.
0: Yeah, no, I uh, I like that they're being pushed. I like this tag team. Um, so after this, we have Chaos Project versus Alex Chamberlain and Seth Gargas. That's where I got that uh, name from earlier. I'm mixing up these fucking enhancement guys' names I and reading. I mean, it's like these random fucking... Why don't you just be called you know Seth Jones or something normal <laughs> like coming up with these fucking weird last names is uh anyways um I dude, maybe it was the new gear with Luther or that fucking six man tags that they've been in this wasn't a bad match I liked the the assisted senton where he's just fucking flattening serpentico on the dude and you know throwing him around using him as a weapon it, <laughs> I don't know. It's growing on me. He's he's done. He's doing the screaming, but he's not doing the fucking this every five seconds. So it's not as annoying. Uh, the match was halfway decent, man. Uh, he was like uh, the creeping death for the win. Is that what they're calling it? Yes. Yeah. So uh, nice little match, man. I, I wasn't mad at this for sure. Uncle Fester is Uncle Fester no more. If he keeps wrestling like this, because the last, you know, I think it was past two weeks. They've been in these six man tag, um, you know, different rotations of tag teams and they looked fucking decent, man. Pulling out, pulling out some great moves, working well with, uh, you know, some of the, the not mid card level because they're not mid card anymore. you know, Jurassic Express, Dark Order, things like that. So, yeah. What do you got?
1: Man, that's all I got to say. I, yeah. I mean, I really do. I, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but uh I'm not a big chaos project fan. Um, I think it's Luther and Serpentico. It's a weird freaking tag team. Like, regardless of what's in the ring or not, which in my opinion, I, I still don't like Luther in the ring. I hear what you're saying. He might be doing less Luthery things, but like, I just don't get, I just don't get the purpose of this team. Like, are we like padding their stats so like when teams like the acclaimed like go over teams like Chaos Project like it means more because Chaos Project like wins over jobbers? I don't I don't know. I don't I don't get what the end game is here. So I think I'm that's exactly a, what it is. I'm just gonna give you a married because I don't wanna say anything like too mean and I'm just gonna move on into telling you about red velvet versus, <laughs> versus Lady <laughs> Frost. Um, this match had a lot more strikes and kicks and other things like that than actual, like, high-impact maneuvers. It was kind of a weird match. Mm-hmm. Um, not much to this. I-, I mean, Red Velvet hits, like, a running boot. I don't think there's like a name for it. She just bounced off the ropes and hits a boot and picks up the win over Lady Frost here. Um, but really, uh, clearly a resume builder for Red Velvet as she moves on into bigger and better storylines as we've come to see over the past few weeks. Did you have anything else
0: on this match? God, Lady Frost looks so good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. I don't want to get you in trouble, man. But yeah, she's hot. Oh, yeah. She's, uh, she's up there with Penelope Ford, man. I'm, oh I'm, I'm gonna She's... tell her I'm gonna tell on you man I'm gonna tell <laughs> oh maybe Kip Sabian deserves her because he's not gonna say that yep I guess so um no this match wasn't bad I like uh, red velvet I like the the choke that she does in the corner when she gets it on right because at first she mm-hmm. kind of like hesitated because she didn't want to kick the girl in the face. Which I understand, but at the same time, just get that shit in, start choking her, doing the splits, and she does the little stir in the fucking pot or whatever she does. Um, yeah, that running kick, I think they had a name for it the first time she did it, and then they've never said it since. It was something like, you know, fucking Pop Goes the Icing, or some kind of cake reference where she, it doesn't really, <laughs> her, her gimmick is that she bakes, I don't know, <laughs> is that what it is? Uh uh yeah, what yeah. <laughs> Uh but yeah. Five and ten versus Jurassic Express versus Sonny and Joey Janela This is another one of those matches. It wasn't it wasn't all that bad, man. Uh definitely Sonny and Joey getting the the rub from these tag matches because they're like one of the connective I mean it basically insert a different uh, dark order members and you know chaos project last week um, but yeah th- I mean it wasn't really that bad bad of a match but you had that backflip into a power bomb double team from Jurassic Express for the win um, I don't know is that padding padding their record I mean I don't know it's
1: I I don't know I like the match though to me, this is the match of the night for dark. Um, I think uh, you know all all three of these tag teams have like tagged together before, you know, so you really come you know you don't have like the odd pairings like your're and Black and Fuego del Sol. It's like why are these guys tag teams? So um in any case, uh, this was a nice little match. um Jurassic express picking up the win here, like you said. Um, i d- I don't get I don't get where they're going with any of these teams. It, there wasn't a reason that all three of these teams were wrestling and the weird thing is is like Sonny and Joey have been like teetering on the line of like the heel and face team anyhow but like not in this match but so it's like what are we doing here is it just like
0: let's just put three teams together that yeah. need to get a match in or what yeah they need a payday that's exactly what it is um, I guess so I do I do have something so Anna J five Allen Angels Preston Vance are all QT's people those are all people trained by QT. So is Lee Johnson. So half of his half of his kids are in the dark order. <laughs> it's pretty funny. More than half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was dark. That was painfully dark. Um, so normally, I think we get right into the official homework of the week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my homework for this week is another AJ Styles match because I've been on an AJ Styles rampage uh, lately. Hey,
1: hey, hey, I got to ask you before you give us this match. Dude's the best in the world. I mean, I know we got to like give our love to like AEW wrestlers because we all know it's far superior promotion, but that dude just puts on fucking like clinics. All the time,
0: I don't think his his newer stuff has been exactly that. But I think all of his T, most of his TNA stuff and his New Japan run are fucking killer. They're super it's, great.
1: It's interesting when he works with WWE trained wrestlers. Like he doesn't produce the same matches as he does with like overseas trained wrestlers or like wrestlers that were tra- you know really like had their comeuppance elsewhere.
0: You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's because he's not allowed to be as. Stiff, it looks like. I mean, the WWE has a lot more safety precautions yeah. and shit like that. I think he cuts like half of his moveset. and uh, you know what I mean. Dude, he a yeah, lot but there was, a, there, was a,
1: there was a there was a singles match between AJ and Finn Balor that was like it was like you were watching an NJPW match. I mean, they were they were hitting the fuck out of each other.
0: It might um, be might be only certain guys like that, but right, I've seen him work. You know, rant, rant I mean, that fucking Shane McMahon match was. Not great. And Shane McMahon can actually do good matches too. I mean, that Kurt Angle match that Shane McMahon had where he fucking got thrown through that glass was fucking fantastic. You know what? The thing about Shane O'Mac is he's always been like,
1: won't that hurt? And then they say, but it'll be cool. And he says, okay <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you know what say what you want about his entering ability but he worked hard he has he's worked very hard to be better in the ring and he's been willing to take the most
0: vicious bumps yeah he you just... know
1: outside of outside of czw bumps you know what i'm saying mm-hmm.
0: he just wanted to be one of the boys that's all it was yeah. i always give uh shane mcmahon his props for sure but i yeah what was that AJ Styles match you were watching? So it was AJ Styles versus Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, an ROH match. Um, yeah, AJ Styles was with, with uh, the Bullet Club, and Adam Cole was with the Kingdom at this time. So nice little fucking triple threat. It was awesome. You like Adam Cole, dude? I'm telling you,
1: he'd be great in AEW.
0: I just don't know where... I mean, what would they do with him? He'd be another short guy in their division. At least in Uh, NXT, he looks like four other guys that he's teaming with.
1: No, you (laughs) know what? I hear what you're saying. I think, man, I think he could have a – he is phenomenal between the ropes. So I just think you just need to watch some more of his matches. I know you're right. I think No, I
0: think he's a great guy, but over there he's a champion. In AEW he would be, I don't know, on a mid-card level. I don't think yeah, he'd be put maybe. right into you know he wouldn't be going against Kenny Omega right away he wouldn't be that tier he's not a Yeah.
1: That's I mean I I hear what you're saying but I think if you see, if you saw that match you would think differently but let's move on. I but my homework of the
0: week just, is from Shimmer volume Wait, you want to say something? Come on. Yeah, look, Pac works just as hard <laughs> as Adam Cole does, right? Yeah. And he looks yeah. shredded, and he's got that look, and everybody loves him. Where's Pac at? Right. What is he doing? Dude, Pac is going to be the AEW champion. I don't I, see mark that my words. anytime soon.
1: Mark my words. I mean, we're going to be doing... Some semblance of this podcast in five years. And mark my words, podca- Pac will be a two-time champion within five years. Mark my words. No doubt about it. I mean, he's been the Dragon Gate champion. He's been champion everywhere he's been. Most recently, Dragon Gate, which was part of the issues when he first came to AEW, is they weren't willing to play ball there. So, in any case, my homework is from Shimmer Volume 115. <laughs> um, I've been watching a lot of Team C-Stars lately. Um, and this was the night that they defeated cheerleader Melissa and Mercedes Martinez for the Shimmer Tag Team Championships, which they've now held for over a year. It's been a year and a month, well, a little longer than a year and a month, so um, a nice little reign for them, but uh, it was a great little tag match. That is a team where I'd heard of them, and I saw them on Impact, and I was like, I need to check out some of their older stuff, and I've been really impressed. They're a great tag team, so um, that's just when they won the Shimmer Tag Team titles. I think it's a great match, so go check it out.
0: Well, we had a fantastic fucking episode of Dynamite this week. So let's dive right into this with this Dynamite Dozen... Diamond Dynamite Dozen Battle Royale. What the fuck is it called? It's a Battle Royale. Dynamite match. Diamond Battle Royale. Yeah, something stupid like that. Um, I didn't understand the end to this match because I thought... Whoever won wins the ring, but then, like, halfway through it, they kind of explain, like, oh, yeah, the last two get to face each other. I'm like, oh, fuck, that didn't make sense. Yeah, I I felt that, too, man. I really did. So, uh, because at the end, I was thinking, oh, shit, Wardlow's about to put MJF over the ropes because he looked like he was getting brick with him for a minute. And then they were like, oh, yeah, Orange Cassidy's still in the fucking... In the match, I mean, there was some sh- shenanigans going on within this whole thing, but a lot of it was just filling time to get to this end spot. I like uh, that you know, Wardlow uh, and MJF kind of conspired against Sammy once they got the help that they needed, and MJF was like, "Oh, I didn't mean to, uh, you know, toss you over the ropes." Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it is what it is. So now we get Orange Cassidy versus MJF for the ring. Is that, I mean, what is Orange Cassidy going to use it in his orange punch?
1: Dude, that's what I'm saying. I, I was texting you about that. It's like to, him to do that is a heel move. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Him to put the ring on and punch anybody is a heel move. I mean, back to the days of guys using brass knucks, the way MJF has used the ring, the way the slug is used by Sean Spears, they're all heel moves. So mm-hmm. – and from what I understand, it's the same ring that MJF wears, right? Yeah. It's not a new ring.
0: They, sh- they should have gave this to Wardlow. Have him it Max versus Wardlow, and they go into the, mm. to the, you know, cut a little promo, say, you know, Max goes, oh, you're just going to let me win, right? And he, like, gets in the ring, and he lays down. Or he's like, all right, come on, lay down, something like that. That's what I meant to say. And Wardlow's like, yeah. fuck that. I'm going to beat your ass and take this ring, so. Maybe, Or maybe Orange Cassidy is going to take it and, and make it like another prize for people to work towards or something. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. We'll see what they have in store uh, for this. But after this, we had Frankie Kazarian versus Chris Jericho. Oh, I didn't even get to talk about oh, this shit. match, man. The-, the match
1: was really interesting because you see like you know, the referees outside, get in the ring, get in the ring. And you have this, you know, exchange of Scorpio sky and Sean Spears, which you totally glossed over um, to continue that storyline where those guys trying to one up each other outside, you know, their storyline obviously going through throughout this match. Um, the thing I wanted to, to touch on real quick was the dark order saving Adam page um, from getting eliminated. That was a really strong tip of the hat. So it's kind of that storyline that just won't go away. You know what I'm saying? Like it comes out every now and then Adam page in the dark order. So it's a really interesting way for dark order to go, especially with Brody Lee hurt, uh, and on the sidelines right now. So they don't really have direction. As you say, you kind of have the weirdness of like the beaver boys kind of being a more, you know, comedic and farcical thing rather than the dark orders supposed like mysterious and serious kind of, uh, aura so uh, we'll see what happens with that with that storyline i thought that was really really interesting did you catch that
0: yeah for sure i mean i just i think it's fucking stupid i mean you 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 put adam page in the dark order at, what is Dude, he gonna is he gonna be number 205
1: you've it, talked about him him you know, when he saw the broken mirror and this, that, and the other, you talked about him spinning to a dark place. Does it make sense for him to go to the Dark Order with that dark place?
0: I don't know. I just don't. Where does that leave Brody Lee when he comes back? Cole Cabana's in the fucking Dark Order, and we haven't seen him do anything lately. I it just doesn't.
1: Hey, these are all good tangents, man.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't make sense for for anybody to join the Dark Order anymore. They should stop recruiting. They don't need. It's it's overdone. It, it, yeah, but to be to be arrogant and to be like you know
1: we're too good for to like accept any more members is not dark order esque I think their their seeds are their their storyline. They haven't said it is to like spread the darkness like as far as possible. Like they just that's that's what I get from like their whole existence and their whole storyline. Because the dark order has been around for longer than a year now. It's like the dark order and inner circle are like the two mainstays that have been around
0: yeah cuz the, the elites pretty much fucking completely gone at this point yeah uh, oh I, yeah yeah
1: wow well, at the moment in the show the elites not completely gone but i think we're going to come find out later it is
0: yeah uh, it's it's a little wonky uh, i i mean the spears and sky thing you touched on they kind of continued it by you know him getting oh, eliminated com- by sky com- and then and then punching you know sky in the face with that lead right, lead right. piece to it, get knocked out and it, it,
1: it, but then we also completely glossed over um mjf pushing out Sam, pushing out uh was it uh, jungle boy that was on sammy guevara's shoulders and sammy guevara ends up going over the the top rope as well causing dissension between those two um no, we i also, talked about that you know, Oh, I for some reason. I missed the Miro stuff though. I I know. That's what I was gonna say. We missed the hulking showdown. Miro eliminating four dudes in a row, just totally cleaning house, and then coming face to face with Wardlow and the battle of the bulging freaking trapezoids, dude. These dudes (laughs) like looking at each other and their delts just flexing and like trading some stiff punches for sure. Stiff punches. Like I loved it, man. That standoff was a two behemoths and that was a match. I did not know that I really wanted. And now I do know that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely uh, a nice little spot there. Uh, I don't know the diamond, the diamond does a gimmick. It seems like a lot of people are in the corners kind of waiting to get up to do their spots like normal Royal Rumble kind of stuff. So, I like that they use them very, very sparingly because uh, if they did this on a more frequent basis, it would be like, oh, God, what are well, we doing here?
1: You're right. And, and the problem is the Royal Rumble is such a great concept because people don't all start in the ring at one time. Yep, You know what I'm saying? There's room for the match to breathe. And then you have the crazy moments where somebody clears like a million people out and then it resets itself again. So the Royal Rumble is like a living, breathing entity. Which is and I know this is an AW podcast, but Royal Rumble is my favorite pay per view. I'd say historically, I've always loved the Royal Rumble. Um for I just think the way that the match is set up, it's really it's gonna be really hard for a competitor competitive brand to do any sort of battle royal that that rivals the Royal Rumble, you know what I'm saying? Oh
0: yeah, I'm sure they didn't wanna use the same exact gimmick. I, I kinda liked when they were when they do these uh what was the original one where people kept coming out every every minute? What was the one that was at All Out?
1: Oh, well, they were doing the Casino Battle Royal. Um, but I, I know what you're talking about, but I forget what that match was called. But I was actually thinking of the Casino Battle Royal. I thought that was an interesting concept, how they like yeah, grouped yeah. people together.
0: Yeah, that, that was nice, too. Did, okay, do they group them all together and then... No because then it was like every two minutes Somebody started coming out There was like a tournament that they did That's the original all out right No it was last year Remember Scorpio Sky And and, uh, Christopher Or not Christopher Daniels uh, Frankie Kazarian started off first And then every single two minutes Somebody came out and joined uh, Into the middle of the match Because Christopher Daniels was the third one It was like a tournament it was a tournament for number one contendership, and oh, everybody kept was coming out, that, coming yeah, out, yeah. coming I was, out.
1: I was thinking the double or nothing. I was yeah, the double or nothing casino battle royale. Yeah, that came out in groupings. Mm-hmm.
0: But mm-hmm. the the one I'm thinking about was all out, and I think that's when uh, what did Brian Cage come out and snap the thing, or was that the casino battle yeah. royale? No, that yeah, that was that. No, he, well, he won the first casino battle royale. Yeah, because he was holding up that chip at the end. So you're right. Right. What am I right. thinking of? That they kept coming out every two minutes.
1: I'm trying to think too. I'm I'm drawing a blank here, but well, we'll move into it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this was this is a this is a tough match to come out and think like, wow, this match like really really wild me or surprised me. Um, anyway, it comes out to MJF versus Orange Cassidy. It's first time ever they made sure they said that in AEW. So. Um, from there, we moved on uh with winter is coming for uh the demo guy Chris Jericho taking on Kaz. Um, this was a nice little match. The the one problem I really had with this match is these two guys work very different speeds and very different styles, and neither of them really seemed to be in tune with the other. So, like when Kaz was kind of like you know taking control of the match, like Jericho just didn't seem up to the same speed. Kaz likes to work a a much faster match um than Jericho does. But uh, you know, Jericho's still doing it at 50 years old, you know, still being the demo god. Um, you get you gotta give it up to him. Obviously, the inner circle getting involved in this match. Um Jericho pulling a face move. Um You know, essentially trying to keep peace in the inner circle. There's, uh, I think the biggest storyline was outside of the ring on this match. Eventually, Max shows up, you know, as Kaz really is dominating the match in the middle of it. And MJF shows up with a white towel, really seeming like he's like torn inside. Does he throw in the towel or does he not throw in the towel? Sammy Guevara really doing the face move, coming out to take the towel from MJF. Um, Eventually the towel ends up in his hand. Jericho turns around the classic storyline. He thinks he thinks Sammy Guevara is out there with the towel and MJF like clears himself and absolves his name of all wrongdoing. The only interesting thing about storylines that do similar things like this is like, are we just to believe that Jericho that nobody told Jericho ever after the match that really MJF showed up with a towel or that he never rewatched dynamite? Or anything like that. Those are my only issues with the storyline like this. So, anyway, um, you know, uh, out of this, uh, Jericho wins. Um, uh, what does he win with? He, I think he just hits the Judas effect for the win in this match, yep. if I recall That's correctly. Exactly what it was. Um, s- essentially takes the mic and, and says, like, the infighting's got to stop. Like, you know, I'm going to address the uh, inner circle next week, and we're going to figure out how to work together, or we're going to break his shit up.
0: I hope they break it up, man, because Santana and Ortiz, dude, the proud and powerful gimmick I've talked about it a million times is just a it's such a baby face name for a a tag team. It would be nice to see them have a face run, especially with all the tag teams, you know, turning heel and a bunch of the baby faces all going heel. Uh, It'd be nice to have, you know, a couple turn the other way. Plus, Sammy Kavara could get out of the, you know, not the shadow, but He's been kind of this back burner character in the inner circle. I would, I mean, I would like to see it disbanded and you have Jericho do his own thing. Uh, he doesn't need all of his goons all the time and we can get him and H- maybe just him and Hager, you know, stick around for a while.
1: Yeah, I just don't think it's time to break him up. I think the MJF storyline is too new. I just, I don't think, I don't see them pulling the trigger on the breakup just yet.
0: But what, what do they have left to do in AEW? the inner circle to like together they've went through every big team. No, I hear what you're saying. I just, I don't
1: understand MJF joining inner circle just recently within the last month, just for it to break up. I don't think that doesn't make sense to me. I think that they're going to, they're going to be like, yeah, we can work together. Like when it's very clear to us, you know the the consumer that man this isn't gonna work but that's eventually gonna birth an mjf versus chris jericho storyline which we're all gonna be damn excited to see
0: see i i think this is brewing into a sammy versus mjf storyline i think this is where that's headed to where it's a big feud between and sammy goes you're the reason why we all broke up this is all your fault um you I'm coming after you, This is, and then turn it into a big blood field. Face turn, huh? Face
1: turn for Sammy there.
0: Yeah, I, I think especially because Matt was the one who went all heel. He's being a complete fucking <laughs> douchebag lately, especially on Twitter and on like the BTE segments basically saying, oh, I'm the creator of everything that's ever involved uh, a ring and people throwing each other around basically. And so he went the heel route, so obviously Sammy during that – during that run I guess is is now going to be turning the other way I I mean I see that's how that goes especially with I mean Santana the same thing basically telling MJF no you are a bad guy we can see right through your bullshit uh it's not you know it's not news to anybody else um you know quit being (laughs) quit being so sneaky uh I, I, I hope they do, man, just because I think the storyline uh, would be great. They, they could produce a lot of great segments with them being broken up or, you know, on the hinge of breaking up. But he did say forever, so maybe you're right. Maybe don't pull the trigger on it right now, but maybe do that thing uh, more towards a pay-per-view to where you can get a couple matches out of it, get the big blow-off. Because, I mean, they can't do the inner circle thing forever. It just can't. It's not going to work out. Where everybody's going to get bored of it, it's going to have to go away at some point. You got anything else on this or can we? Oh. <laughs> Anyways, we I, uh, can keep going. I, ga-
1: I gave you my original thoughts about this. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to take care of my dog I was like, ah, eh, he'll go on to the next thing <laughs>
0: It's all good But yeah, see, I was really excited to talk about this Chris Jericho uh, feud Is why I kind of glazed through that Dynamite uh, Dozen I do remember how to do a podcast with two people I just didn't think there was a whole lot of meat and potatoes With that Dynamite Dozen match It was just kind of blown, blown out with this whole fucking Orange Cassidy bullshit because if they use, if they overuse him, then he's just gonna. I mean, he's just gonna be. Yeah, he, he's special because he does the gimmick. His gimmick right. is now almost gone. His his shine, his new car smell, is almost gone. He, they needed to bring him out for the big occasions and then put him back into the into the back burner, especially with no fans. Because now we've all seen him be a regular wrestler. Why do the gimmick? Why doesn't he just be a regular wrestler now then? Because we all know he can. I mean, it doesn't make sense. So that's why I'm like MJF and Orange Cassidy. It just... I mean, the mat, even the match itself just doesn't seem like it's going to be a great, great match. They're completely... Not only two different styles, but like... They had no feud, no heat going out into this match whatsoever. And even with this inner circle segment there's still no heat on orange cassidy or or jf um, and orange I, I, cassidy
1: look i will admit that the sheen has worn
0: off a little bit yeah see i'm i'm right uh the, ne- <laughs> the next segment was the Brooks, <laughs> right, right the young bucks uh Trying to cut a little promo here and the acclaimed walking in on them, uh, basically calling their book looking like it was, you know, this is the same joke that they've been pulling on BTE, but it, they've never done it on Dynamite. So it's kind of nice to hear the uh, basically the homoerotic <laughs> book cover that they have where it looks like they're both staring down at, at each other's junk a little bit. <laughs> Pretty funny stuff from Max Caster uh yeah i think the young bucks are fairly self-aware and
1: i think the fact that they're leaning into this is like kudos to them because like that's uncomfortable like for someone who like hates that but for them it's like oh yeah shit it fucking kind of does look like we're doing that so (laughs) um it made for an awesome promo i texted you after this promo do you remember i was like man the claim just drops a fucking heat on the young bucks
0: so yeah i like this segment and then they uh told him to turn around th2 uh, attacks the Young Bucks, uh, continuing the feud that they had going with, uh, you know, attacking uh, Top Flight and stuff like that. I'm glad that they didn't keep bringing Top Flight out. It's nice to get their little spotlight, but it, they don't need to be shoved down our throats. You know what I mean? Don't put them out every single weekend trying to get uh, sympathy for them because I'm going to be like, who the fuck? I mean, I still don't care about these guys yet. They've You've given me no reason to uh, other than right. this.
1: So I do want to point out, this is our uh, tag team championship segment of the Dynamite. Uh, Another week, another conspicuous absence by FTR, who we have not heard from since they dropped the belts. What's brewing for these guys? Uh,
0: Last week we heard from them. Oh, in that pre-taped segment. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Well, they haven't been on live. I should say. Yeah, they, they haven't
1: joined us live for Dynamite since then. Yeah, they
0: haven't been uh, in person. They cut that little promo talking about how I, still will say, go I will say. I will say I was
1: on my honeymoon last week, so I did catch
0: Dynamite, but it was rather abridged. As soon as you said, "I've been gone for two weeks," I clicked on all the episodes, and you've only been <laughs> you only missed one. The very next episode before that, there's two people on it, unless it was Ghost wow. Zach. <laughs> Well, I knew we were freshly, freshly peeled, orange zackety
1: Freshly peeled. Yeah, Woo. yeah. Freshly peeled. That's a good nickname. Um, <laughs> it feels like it's been forever, though. Oh, you dropped some bombshell news, but I'm going to tease. We got some news for the audience uh, and some upcoming episodes.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, after this segment was Britt Baker versus Layla Hirsch. Legit Layla Hirsch. Um, I mean, this match was pretty good for a minute. Britt Baker So, did my TV glitch or did that super kick from Britt Baker look like she literally stopped before she hit her face? Dude, it was not a glitch. It was not a glitch. <laughs> it was, was fucking gonna be, horrible. I had that
1: in notes too to make a comment about that. Yeah, it was a really weird. I was like,
0: did my TV trick. freeze or did she just literally like slow kick her? And I'm like, what? And the
1: her fuck boy, was her that? boyfriend. I know you were, you were like, you were in hating not Adam Cole. You had I know. I think you, he's your, great. your thoughts are different. But he does deliver a fucking phenomenal super kick. So I bet mm-hmm. he was really disappointed in that.
0: <laughs> that was fucking stupid. Uh, hitting the lockjaw for the win here. Uh, and then Thunder Rosa getting the beat down, the the receipt on Britt Baker. Uh, I Dude, I gave a lot of praise to Britt Baker. And that super kick really let me fuck it down. Uh but just to touch on it, Adam Cole, man, I want you to know I like Adam Cole. I loved his bullet yeah. run or bullet club shit. I, 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 I like his gimmick. I'm just saying for him to come over to AEW, he would have no spot here. He just wouldn't. He would be another – he would be a less than over hangman Adam Page. Just an AEW, I mean, because – he would I mean what are you gonna give him somebody else a spot that somebody has been here working for the entire time? You know what I mean? He and he's smaller, he's uh you can only put him in so many matches before he has to face somebody like like Lance Archer, who's gonna fucking destroy him and toss him around. Kind of like Keith Lee did, and now look where Keith Lee is at. He's out of NXT because he's he's sized out. <laughs> <laughs> they they have a small roster in NXT that works, for you know the Chompas and the Johnny Gargano's and uh, Finn that's Balor. The yeah, they're all small guys, not too big that work well together. I but th- they wrestle. They just wrestle better matches. I mean, frankly,
1: that's it. I mean, Kenny Omega's not a huge dude. They wrestle I mean, better matches than who? Than like big guys, you know, like the classic WWF
0: like big, big three hundred pound champion. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like on on their whole roster, they de- You know NXT definitely has the better wrestling product than any of the WWE shows. Now, do I think they have better wrestling matches than AEW? Uh Some of the matches, yeah, for sure. Because you know it's a how long has the NXT roster been working together? For fucking years on like this performance center, you know, gar- thing that was on the network for how long? I don't even know. When did NXT start? Do you know?
1: A long time ago. <laughs> it's current its current iteration. It's I'd say it's been through several evolutions of what NXT is and means to the product. So I say the, the product as it sits now, its iteration obviously started at the advent of Dynamite. Um, pre that, I'd say NXT probably had started 2013, 14-ish. So, I mean, it's been around for a while. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely not a new entity.
0: Yeah, for sure. But they they also, you know, when we first started this whole uh, war between the two things, they were at that performance center constantly. They were getting, you know, their reps in and, and constantly working together. So. They're all, you know, very cohesive with one another because they work so closely. The people that, you know, are there in at Dynamite were doing once a week things and then going off and wrestling indie shows in between. So they didn't really get to um what am I looking for here? They didn't really get to, you know feel each other out for for that long. So some of these matches, especially during the beginning of the stages, weren't like these killer fucking five-star, you know, technical uh wrestling matches. They were let's put as much shit as we can out there and try to make everybody look good. Uh I think they've honed in a lot more and I think especially the top of the level of talent does a better job than an NXT or SmackDown or a raw does in their in-ring product like whatsoever. Yeah. Got to agree with that. Yeah. I just think it's entertaining for sure. Where the fuck are we here? <laughs> Britt Baker. Uh, we, just uh, yeah.
1: No, no, no. Yeah. We can move on to the uh, tag match between the TNT champion Darby Allen and the Prince of pro wrestling Cody Rhodes. Uh, versus team taz is absolute stark man ricky starks and powerhouse hobbs i'm gonna go ahead and take another lap i'm running i'm running taking another victory lap because powerhouse hobbs was on team taz this was a decent little a decent little match i mean i love hobbs man coming out in like the the classic taz orange and black colors like doing the singlet like that, like a really cool callback to Taz, like Mm -hmm. from his, his wrestling days. I know you like that too. You like Taz as well. Oh, I love Taz back in the day. I liked him because he had a Z in his name. It's your boy, freshly squeezed orange Zackity, as you know, and all Zach's love things with Z's. All Zach's favorite animals are zebra. I can guarantee that. So Um, (laughs) in any case, this was a fun little tag match. Um, This, this segment was never, ever meant to be about this tag match um you know i i think uh i will i think st- uh essentially um the end of this match was darby allen getting a coffin drop for the win um after a crossroads from cody um well i'm sorry a counter crossroads into a cutter it was um, a cody, cutter, coffin, yeah, the the cody right, cutter yeah the cody cutter um and it's interesting because i tagged i i did text you about that and i do just have to bring light to that i asked you how you hate on the coup de gras from finn balor which you you very obviously do but then you're like oh coffin drop it's kind of the same thing to me it's like this like 160 pound like rag doll essentially coming off the top rope like hitting me in the chest is is not a great finisher i would like to see something different from darby allen i don't i don't love the coffin drop but this match was never ever about the match that's kind of counterintuitive. This segment was never really about the match. It starts to snow after that match. Like, Team Taz, uh, you know, is joined by Brian Cage after the match. Um, you know, the Nightmare family comes out. It's Dustin coming out. Arn Anderson coming out. Everybody coming out, get into a huge fight. But winter comes. Finally. I've been trying to figure out why they're calling this winter is coming because I just think of Game of Thrones. But all of a sudden, the crow appears the stinger coming out to even the odds. There's nothing that I can say that's going to match what that moment was like, though. I think that moment was kind of, kind of interesting, Um, you know, because it's not the first time we've seen sting do like a surprise uh, debut. This was something that had been talked about for a while. It was kind of anticipated that at some point sting would show up. You had talked about it several times on this podcast. Mm -hmm. So uh when it was gonna happen was always kind of the unknown unfortunately i have to admit you're ahead of me on how i was streaming and you text me you said sting and i'm like the hell are you talking about i i literally thought you were having you text me somebody else's conversation because i said what are you fucking talking about and i realized like oh shit he's like 30 seconds ahead of me so (laughs) you told i was like oh i guess sting comes out like any moment now (laughs) then it happens it's still pretty cool to see um but as like a wrestling fan who's been a wrestling fan for a long time i look at the stinger and i look at his weird gray hair and i'm like it's just a little too late for me, <laughs> for Sting, to be honest with you. Um, oh, man. It's a great get for AEW as far as, like, a, from a credibility standpoint. i just say for me personally, any fan out there, temper your expectations um, on any in-ring product. Because, I mean, face it, the man's almost 60 years old at this point. Um, I think he's sixty. we didn't one. hear anything. What's that? He's 61. Oh, he's 61. Damn, <laughs> yeah. see. Been wrestling watching wrestling for that long. The man's in his sixties, for God's sakes, ladies and gentlemen. So um we didn't hear anything. We got a lot of cool stare downs. After this, stared down Dustin really interestingly, stared down Cody. and This stare down with Darby Allen was really interesting. Looking at the painted side of his face, uh, you know, slowly moving to the clean side of his face. That was really, really interesting storytelling. I mean, we find out that next week we're going to hear from Sting. So maybe we'll find out his motivations, what the plans are. I definitely, clearly you've talked about him teaming with Darby, which really seems like a... Something that could happen now at this point. But uh, I'm dying to hear what you had to say about this whole thing.
0: I thought this was fucking awesome. I mean, the match okay, the yeah, match okay. was fucking great. Uh, Brian Cage coming out in the all orange and black also. Uh, given that big Team Taz feel, I hope they all start wearing orange and black. It would be nice for them to be. Uh, on the same page let's see if ricky starks will change his uh, glitter and glam for some uh, good old red and black okay. or be I mean orange and black um will hobbs look great in this match for sure the coffin drop is great because even darby allen will tell you the story where he literally made a guy shit himself during his wwe tryout who had to sit there in his white tights with shit in his pants A great story. I think it was on the Chris Jericho podcast uh, retells that story. But uh, just touching on this before we get into this sting segment. The reason why the Coffin Drop and and the Coup de Gras are completely different is that Finn Balor, you can tell, doesn't really stomp on these. I mean, he looks like he, he like, slides off. Just like when Scorpio Sky jumps up and, you know, uh, it's like he stomps on their face but he spreads his face. You know, feet out to the side. It, he does it Dude, in his weird still ways. It's so fucking brutal. It's not fucking brutal. Such a lame move. Just like the wing snapper doesn't do anything because even Sonny Kiss didn't sell that fucking move, uh, when he had it last week. So just, hater, to, just to cover that, I'm not a hater. It's a shit move. He needs to get it. It's like the fucking curb stomp with Seth Rollins. That's the lamest, stupidest move uh, I've ever seen. Uh, um, Yeah, it's pure shit. Um, Anyways, so Sting coming out. uh, You think he's saving the day, but then these stare downs because Arn Anderson and Sting really didn't get along back in the day. And, uh, you know, he walks up into Cody's face. And and to me, he was saying, you know, uh, I got a lot of respect for you. Because I had a lot of respect for your dad, him and Dusty had a great relationship. Uh, so that's what that said to me. But then when he walks over to Dustin, he gives him that we have some unfinished business look. Um, and then when he went over to Darby, it was a completely different look. Other than that, it was like a perplexed. Yeah, perplexed. like you're supposed to be the new me. Is this what is this what they're giving me? Is you know this is what I have to work with. Is what I'm thinking of. So the way I think Sting works out. Is I think he does have one or two good matches left in him. That are going to be built up. Because you still have Chris Jericho. You still have Cody. You still have. um, Who's another guy that I. uh, Another guy that I said. Fuck. Um, There's another legend in here. That I'm not covering here. That would. Oh Dustin. Duh. Um. That'll really, really take care of Sting in the ring. That's what we want. We don't want him to get hurt like fucking, you know, Seth Rollins and his stupidity. Um, You don't want to hurt the guy, but he can still have a semi good match. Not a five star Kenny Omega, whatever, but look at the matches that Chris Jericho are having. They're not that far off from his, you know, what do you call him? The five moves of Doom that Hulk Hogan used to do. Chris Jericho hits the the couple of things, and just punches people. It's not like he has to do big, big things to keep up with people. He's got the Stinger Splash, uh, Sharpshooter. He he can uh, you know, pick his places where he wants to be, and somebody like Cody, you've seen him carry fucking matches he can do that with Sting you know they didn't bring him back to just look cool he's gonna have one or two matches and then go on the management side is what I want to see him do or you have the one match where he kind of shows I still fucking got it I mean look Dustin's still wrestling they had uh, Diamond Dallas Page wrestling and he looked fine he fucking dove off the top rope to the outside of the ring and he's old as shit too, so th- th- I don't think the Stinger would come back if he couldn't do something. They wouldn't sign him to a multi-year deal, multi-year contract if he could just do nothing. He's a big. Do you know name. why he
1: signed with AEW? Because the Undertaker retired. Like there was still talk of there potentially being a Sting Undertaker match next year's WrestleMania and if that was still gonna be a ghosting was gonna sign with WWE actually. Interestingly enough. So to me, I I hear what you're saying, but I I, I stand by my comment. I wasn't shitting on Sting as a performer. I was just saying temper your expectation. That's all. You're gonna get the you're gonna get the closer to what you call five moves of doom. Yeah. And you are gonna but be I, like a technical it, classic. It, but is that okay? Is that okay with you?
0: I mean if it is great. Yeah. If it is great. I mean, uh, he's back at home on TNT, uh, a, a place that he, you know, the what was the last episode of fucking uh, Nitro like 18 years ago mm-hmm. or something like that? You know, mm-hmm. finally he gets to come home, and now there's a working relationship with Impact, which we'll get into. So, I mean, he had a great run, uh, you know, there too. So, I, I mean, he had great matches with people like Kurt Angle and – uh, and, and you know, few. I mean, not Jeff Hardy because he's a fucking he, fucking fucked that up for himself. Um, Brother Nero, but him staring at Darby was the rub. Like he gave him that spotlight. You know what I mean? He looks.
1: Yeah, he
0: I, the way he went around his face like that was so
1: interesting. It was such good storytelling without saying any words. Yeah,
0: dude, I'm telling you, this is gonna be a storyline sting. It's not gonna be a uh you know, a match every week, duh, that's not gonna happen. But I do think uh, you know, especially in the this December, where you get probably two good weeks of TV time, which is this week and next week, and then the next two ones are kind of washes, uh, because right. nobody really watches a lot of TV during that prime time holiday uh time everybody's going around doing their family. Maybe that might be different because of fucking the vid. Uh but especially Jeff with a new baby. Yeah, I ain't going anywhere. I'm gonna be watching a lot of TV. Uh yeah. <laughs> um I I think I think this is a bigger picture thing. I don't think it's just a nostalgia grab because they i don't think they would sign him they would give him all the fucking merch i mean look how much merch he he's got the number one selling t-shirt uh in 24 i think he sold the most t-shirts uh in 24 hours in 2020 or something like that or the highest selling in a day or whatever the fuck it was pro wrestling tees put it up it was it was a nice little graphic but i'm going to be buying his shit the nostalgia of it alone that moment do you see the people in the stands and that pop that he got for the a thousand you people know, that were there.
1: It is interesting cuz there there was some screenshots there was some like pans of people who were like looked so young and I'm like you don't even know who Sting is. Did you feel yourself feeling that way cuz we're both in our 30s now. You know, and we're familiar like we were kids growing up with wrestling, you mm-hmm. know, when Sting was showing up at fucking Mall of America. For Nitro and Thunder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. That's that's how we grew up on wrestling when Sting was still Blondie and not Sting as we know him today. Um, So... Does it resonate with the younger crowd? Like, are they targeting a specific crowd listing? You know what I'm saying? I, that, yeah, that, that, those are the things that, like, I ask. That 50-plus,
0: you know what I'm saying? That 50-plus. Right, because they're,
1: they're <laughs> crushing the 18-to-whatever 18 18 to
0: demo, crushing right now. They almost completely surpassed all of NXT's rating this week. It was, like, 520-something K, and their rating was, like, 623. And that was just right. in that key demo. Uh, let alone the, like, 900 and something that they, they got, which... They pulled overall. It was close to a million, man. They're going to start... I think they're going to
1: come to a point within the next 18 months where they're starting to pull a million, like, consistently.
0: Well, I think people are starting to get a little bit more, like, hey, maybe it isn't so bad. You know, maybe, maybe things aren't as bad as, you know, I hear on these... Uh, you know WWE straight up mark podcasts where they just shit all over them or there's a fucking impact wrestling podcast out there which impact does like what 100k viewership or something ridiculous right. like that like nothing you can't even find them on fucking TV every week Uh, which I guess we're we'll, we'll get into that too because I, I don't understand all that but they shit on AEW and call you know Cornette shits on AEW. But it's a great fucking wrestling product that they are trying. What do you want? Nobody to try? That doesn't make sense. Um, anyways, I love this fucking segment. This this tangent went on for like fucking forever. Uh, Sting, holy shit for me. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Uh, I definitely popped fucking hard. I was out of, I was standing up going, it's fucking stag. Uh, great moment. For uh, Tony Schiavone, but after this we get into this Mox promo where, you know, he he talked about his match with Kenny Omega, but the the real thing here was the the little the little thing for uh, Pat Patterson at the end the go banana um, definitely right. was a was a nice little touch there. Uh, did you have anything on this?
1: No, actually, but. Coincidentally enough, this was the first time I ever thought that they le- that Moxley went a little too long. I don't know if you caught that too, but that was just my opinion on it.
0: I actually I was watching uh, Renee Paquette's uh, stream while I was watching her watch this, so it was nice to get her take on uh, Moxley's promo as it was going on. So it was I don't know, it was fun to see him talk while his his wife was watching him like. And her get excited for him and stuff like that. It was I don't know. Yeah. Nice little nice little moment. But yeah, I mean he, he definitely uh we've seen we've seen better promos, but I think he wanted to get a point across uh before this big fucking long match. It was killer. Yeah, I don't think I mean, and we'll get into the result,
1: but I don't think we'll see him for a while, honestly. You really you think so? I think he'll be back. I don't know. We'll see. Tell us about this match, (laughs) man. This is a match that you've been waiting for for a long time. Oh, yeah. And and let me just put into perspective. We have the longest reigning AEW champion and all of AEW, albeit their tag team champion, their women's champion or their heavyweight champion, uh, John Moxley versus the winningest superstar in AEW with 33 victories to their name. Something's got to give here. Tell us about the match, Jeff
0: yep it was versus the best bout machine kenny omega uh this match was super technical to start like super technical they were back and forth the fucking sitting down with the chairs shoot punching each other in the face was fucking awesome the v triggers in this fucking match were killer the paradigm shifts out of nowhere uh the the spot on the outside where you know we think Kenny's fucking hurt uh i i really i really think he did fuck himself up and Mox was like uh he kind of came in a little bit close and Kenny went i'm all right i'm all right and so they he, he he worked with it and this is why Mox is a true fucking veteran in that ring where he can call a pivot on the fly and i think they reworked in this Don Callis spot at the end um, Dude there was the Snapdragon suplexes uh, The V trigger Into a a, a clothesline a Paradigm shift uh, It only got a two Count so you know Kenny really just uh, You know getting through the Grit that is John Moxley in this Match um, there was the Tiger driver 98 <laughs> was fucking killer But the the, you know, Moxley went to uh, spring back into the into the ring, got caught there. Um, the fucking tope suicido that John tried to pull and caught with a V trigger midair was just fucking mind blowing. And then there was like four real stiff uh, V triggers after the after the microphone spot. So Don Callis comes down and, and you know, during the Hurt Kenny Uh, spot where we're we're really thinking maybe something went wrong because of how many refs came out the doctor came over um and he's like come on mox he's hurt because mox just kept you know pushing through the match let's get through the finish is what in my mind at first when i was watching this i was thinking oh mox is just gonna you know get to the finish you know how jericho has done this before where guys are like my fucking shoulders out and he's like all right, time to go home, and he pulls off the finish real quick, or he'll tell the ref, get down there and fucking count, or, uh, you know, whatever, and uh, so I thought that's where they were going here, but then he lays out Don Callis, and the fucking flowers go everywhere, and it's this big show, and I'm like, oh, this is a fucking work, so the mic gets dropped perfectly, Kenny Omega smacks him in the face, busts Mox open, and that's when we get those four V-triggers into a one-winged angel for Kenny Omega and new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Tell me what you thought about this match before we get into the shenanigans that ended this week's Dynamite. Do you see me right now? Nobody that's listening to this can fucking see you. (laughs)
1: Dude, two thumbs down. I'll tell you why, two thumbs down. The match itself was a really good match, actually, I thought. These guys work really well together, two very different styles, but Kenny Omega can work with the best of them, and John Moxley can work with the best of them as well. You hit a lot of the really cool notes on this match, um, so I'm not going to go there. I'll just give you my thoughts here. The thing that really frustrates me, is that if John Moxley's gonna take the L here, like you've already told us that he has, like, in my opinion, he at least deserves, deserved to be the first man to ever kick out of the one winged angel on Aew. I think you know, for him to hit two paradigm shifts, and only get a two-count out of Kenny. And granted, they weren't consecutive paradigm shifts. But he has two paradigms throughout this match. And only gets a two-count on Kenny. And you're going to tell me. And I know he hit four V-triggers. He gets hit in the head with the microphone. There's all this shit. But, like, I think that they really could have told a nice story if Kenny had hit an earlier, earlier one-winged angel that Moxley had kicked out of. That's my only thing I would have asked for in this match. Otherwise my hats off to Kenny Omega we've been talking about this for a long time John Moxley deserved to have the belt taken off of him by Kenny Omega I did not think it was going to come on the first attempt I will say I was I was feeling damn confident that going into that match that Moxley was walking out the champion I really did um and I know that makes you happy, Jeff. I see you dancing right <laughs> I'm, now. I'm running um, around doing my, I'll my take in your victory lap. I'm running. I'm running. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's running. He's running. <laughs> um, but that that's it. And I don't know if you agree with me. Um, I think at some point the mystique of the quote unquote move has to be done. Um, and if Omega was gonna take the belt off Moxley, which many have failed to do so prior, like there's got to be a saving grace. The interesting thing is, though, how Kenny, when it said, you know, let's do this in the center of the ring in a real wrestling match. Forget your, like, extracurricular things that, like, help you win matches. And then Kenny's the one that goes and cheats. You know what I'm he saying? He baited like, him in. Not... Very, very good heel work from Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk to you. We made a comment earlier about the stiffest AEW week we've seen in a long time. Damn, dude, those shots when they were sitting on the chairs, they are hitting the fuck out of each other. Mm -hmm. My God, dude, I am sitting there watching that like, holy fuck. Like, these two dudes are beating the shit out of each other. (laughs) Like, on live TV, I'm watching these dudes punch the fuck out of each other in the face. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, it was fucking awesome. So, anyway, like you said, Omega taking the win with the one-winged angel. Should have been the second one-winged angel, but I'm not going to go there. Um, becoming our new AEW world champion, the third AEW world champion in history, the first AEW, not homegrown because he was grown in NJPW and Ring of Honor and everywhere else he's been, but the first non-WWE champion of AEW. And that's quite special. So the win, uh, and that, and that is his 34th win on AEW, I believe. So the winningest, uh, individual in all of AEW is the uh, current world heavyweight champion now. Um, but is he the champion of AEW or is he the champion of impact? What do we got here?
0: Yeah, I know it's kind of weird. Don Collis kind of shuffles him out and he goes past Tony Khan, who uh, still was, uh, you know, rocking a smile there, but was like, what the fuck, Kenny? What the fuck? <laughs> like, what is going on? Everybody's like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? And you know, what's funny is they got into this same SUV that uh, Kenny got into after the pay-per-view with Hangman. And he was like, fuck this. I'm leaving. Are you guys coming with me? I think he, this is the storyline that he went to impact that night and talked to Don Callis about this. Um, I do want to say, uh, the young bucks did kind of spoil the beans. They, they did an interview this week where they talked about how they've been wanting to work with impact wrestling for a while now. And and it just never made sense or everybody kind of had their own opinions on how it should go. Um, maybe now they'll finally get something good out of this. I don't think this is what we all, I don't think this working relationship is going to be as open as everybody's like throwing all these dream matches and all this stuff. I think we're going to get a couple crossovers. um, But I think Tony Khan has already been burned by triple A. He's already been burned by new Japan pro wrestling. I think with this impact thing, he's like, look, It's going to come back to me on my end first before I just start sending my guys so people watch your product. Because in the limelight, what is this? Now everybody has to tune in to Access TV on Tuesday night. Nobody fucking gets Access TV. Why is AEW giving them ratings? Like, it only makes sense if Tony Khan is really getting something out of this. So. I think this is going to be completely different than what we think it is. It's not going to be a dream match, whatever. I'm thinking if I had the pencil, I think you book the big invasion angle where Kenny Omega leads a group of Impact Wrestling people into the AEW roster. A little bit of shakeup for maybe till the pay-per-view, maybe till revolution, and then you end it there. And that's where you kind of go back to your separate ways. Maybe people working here and there, but not a full blown thing. Do you remember my text to you? No. Bullet <laughs> Club.
1: Bullet Club. They can you.
0: But they can't call it the Bullet Club. New Japan it doesn't matter.
1: It. it doesn't matter. You have you have you have Anderson and Gallows over there. Um you know it to me it just it that makes sense you know they did a really hokey thing where they brought Hornswoggle out the other week when they were like hinting at aj styles and they instead of so the phenomenal one they got the we nominal one i don't know if you saw any of that but it was pretty funny actually <laughs> he looks just like it's him so, oh god it was great it's so, so i'm saying they've been kind of like poking fun at the whole like club slash bullet club thing so i don't know i think you'll see a rendition of that um i mean what else comes of that you know if he's bringing his lackeys it's going to be kind of like the club thing as you mentioned earlier and we talked about earlier the elite is effectively like non-existent or dormant at the current moment if you will
0: yeah they're pretty much i mean cody's got his uh nightmare family the young bucks are just the the tag team uh title holders and they've kind of gone away Hangman's
1: from... going to the dark order
0: hangman is not joining the dark order there's no fucking way if he joins so, the dark Order, i can't wait order... to take
1: my victory lap
0: on that i can't wait well how fucking lame will that be they can barely use all the dark order members as it is especially on dynamite you think five and ten are getting any dynamite spots coca Bana hasn't wrestled uh, a fucking dark order match in how long it doesn't make sense. There's too many people. This is the end. If he joins, then they're the NWO. They're just signing fucking Virgil and the Blue Meanie and like all these random fucking weird people that, uh, you know, signed over to the NWO towards the end of that debacle. Uh, This week, how many people are going to become NWO members? And it just kept going on and on and on and on and on. And how many members were there? I think you were the seventy fifth member at one point. I was. <laughs> yeah, in the early, early pod days. <laughs> oh, I don't know. So do you? What do you think this partnership is going to end up like? I think the invasion angle seems likely. Um,
1: I, other than just lack of a sheer storyline perspective, I don't see where it benefits AEW the same way it benefits Impact. I think A though Impact is um, uh, a more seasoned brand, if you will. I think AEW's roster boasts, you know, a lot better talent. Though your boy Chris Bay is over there in Impact. C Stars are wrestling over there in Impact. Tennille Dashwoods over there. I mean, uh, the good, you know, the good brothers are over there, uh, Gallows and Anderson
0: um who else you got over there right now i really like Uh, the north ethan page and the north uh, is great yeah can you imagine a north versus
1: ftr match that would be awesome yeah
0: that would be great maybe that's what they've been waiting to come back for this little maybe they knew about it
1: i mean they got the whole x division championship thing so um
0: i know i know they pulled mox from that wrestle kingdom show so that's good at least not sending their talent to New Japan anymore. I would put a stop on that until I would literally if I was Tony Khan I would say until you bring me fucking guys over here not a single one of my guys is going right. to New Japan. Let's
1: see fucking Kota Ibushi, dude. Yeah, until Let's see you Zack Sabre Jr.
0: Until you bring somebody over here to 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 boost us like we've done for you a million times then uh you know I don't I don't I don't see it I don't see it happening my my camera froze (laughs) (laughs) yeah I see that that's okay well that does
1: it for us on dynamite huh yep
0: that's uh that's it for us on this week's episode of dynamite I think my phone is trying to uh that's okay. Um, you got, you still got your buttons, right? Yep. Let's get right Let's, into. This
1: is my segment too. <laughs>
0: the official match of the week.
1: Hey, I see your ceiling. There's
0: your, there's your bright and shining face. Yep. Um, so hey. the match of the week, we know what it is. It's Kenny versus Mox all the way. The ending was great. Um, That's my match of the week.
1: Yeah, I got to agree with you. I will say um, there was a lot of hype around this whole winter is coming thing. I thought the matches that were on the, the show, I don't think, with the exception of the main event, I don't think were overly spectacular. I was a little bit disappointed. I don't know if you felt the same way. I thought the tag match was pretty cool. The Darby Cody versus uh Team Taz tag match was pretty cool. But like I said, you know, the beginning with the Battle Royal was really difficult to do the Battle Royal. Uh, I thought that Jericho Kazaria match like I was saying, they both were working very different styles and it was just kind of weird. Um a really weird episode of Dynamite. The the main event was was fire. Um Oh yeah. I'm really sad. I'm really sad to see Mox lose the belt, but I'm very happy as a wrestling fan to see the first non WWE guy as champion of AEW. I think it's been a long time coming. I think it's something we can all rejoice over and we can all celebrate like as wrestling fans and saying, look, like we fucking did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. we did it like they did it as a company and providing this product and we did it as fans and saying like hey like we're going to show you our support like we want this we want like a true wrestling product that like caters to what the fans want we don't want this bullshit like you know midday soap opera drama like we want real wrestling and we want good storylines so uh Hats off to Kenny Omega. Hats off to all the, all the fellows over there at AEW. Really, really happy to see this. It's been a long time coming.
0: Oh yeah, baby. So another podcast in the books, you can find this podcast on YouTube, uh, just like you can find it on every major podcast outlet. Uh, make sure you hit that like, subscribe, uh, rate us, give us five stars. Uh, you know, do all that stuff. Write us some reviews. I will read your reviews from uh, Apple Podcast on the show every single time. Uh, also, uh, share this podcast with everybody. Put it on Twitter. Put it on Facebook. I don't care. Let's get this podcast to spread like wildfire. That's a bad reference right now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I'm no uh, kidding. <laughs> but you can find me at Jay Englert 88 on Twitter and at the official 100% Elite podcast Twitter page and you can find Zach at Frisco Trisket but I don't know how to spell it <laughs> so take it away F R I S C O Trisket <laughs> Frisco Trisket. All right ladies and gentlemen and that will do it for us See ya buddy Goodbye <laughs> We are many, you are one, we have plenty. You have some, you're taking this so serious, but I'm only doing this for fun. You're walking backwards while I run, met with doubt, cause you're on Open my mouth, this how you're up, regretting what you just begun. You're never stopping me, you're never stopping this. You never saw me coming, but you must acknowledge this.